Hey everybody, my name is Matt Kuman. I am excited to join you guys today. We are just about in the middle of a series right now on relationship to God. Um, and so far we've talked about what it means to fear God, what it means to trust God. And last week Eric spoke on what it means to be mindful of God and seeking him. And I am so excited for what this series has done in my life already as I view my relationship to God differently because of some of these specific traits and characteristics that we should be viewing God with, Um, but I'm most excited today for talking about what it means to choose God, Uh, because often we think, yeah, we've made the decision to choose God. Many of us in this room or wherever we're watching from have decided to choose God, but what does that actually look like, and what does that mean in our lives? Um, And we're going to be having some conversations about what that is today, Uh, but when I think about choices and choosing something deliberately. I think to people in an airport. If you've ever been to an airport and you're waiting for your plane and you're anywhere near one of those big uh, TVs with all of the different planes and where they're going and the gates that they're in, you can always see people like rush up to those things and try and find their flight and where they go and then they stride to their next location. Even if they don't need to get there in a rush, right? They still stride there. They, they figure out where they're going, they know their destination, and they stride to that location. And I love in airports, even when they have like the flat escalators. Are they called escalators yet if they're flat? Yes, that's what I'm going with. No one's arguing with me. So flat escalators. Those are the ones that they can just fly through. They are striding because they've made a choice, they know where they're going, and they are going to get there quickly. And what I've realized is is life is all about choices, whether it's figuring out where we're supposed to go in an airport um, or different things throughout our life. We, we as average uh, American adults, make over 35,000 different decisions every single day. From the moment we wake up, right, we wake up, we roll over in bed, we get to decide if we're going to brush our teeth or not. I hope you all decided to do that this one, today, right? I hope you guys all decided. We, we make decisions constantly in our lives, 35,000 decisions and choices every single day. And we're faced with many of them, whether they're small decisions, small choices in our life, and there's also big decisions and big things that are happening on in our lives. But there's one decision and one choice that we can make in our life that I think has way more significance than we realize. Um, There is an eternal significance to the choice that we um, are going to be talking about today, about choosing to have this relationship to God. So I'm gonna read first from Proverbs 8, verse 10 and 11, because it speaks on what it means to choose and why we should be choosing. So it says these words out of Proverbs 8, starting at verse 10. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. This this proverb is speaking on what it means to actually not worry so much about what the world has to offer, being rich, having power, having status. Um, This proverb is speaking, choose God's instruction. Choose God's knowledge. But the question that I have after I've read through some of those Proverbs, the question that comes to my mind is, how do I know when I've chosen something? Right? We can say that after reading that proverb, that that's great. Yeah, I I choose those things. But how do we know when we've actually made the choice? 
because I think we can speak some things really easily, but the action in our, in our step actually says something different. So um, I want to give you a bit of an illustration uh, for things that I choose in my life. One thing that I choose in my life is chicken. I choose chicken all the time. I love chicken. Chicken is by far one of my favorite foods. I eat chicken at least two times a day. Um, if we have it for dinner at night and we have leftovers, I will warm it up in the microwave for breakfast the next morning. Doesn't matter what kind. I, I love it. If we go for lunch, my first options are always Chick-fil-A. I'm a Red Level member. Just wanted to let you guys know. They've invited me down to the Chick-fil-A headquarters to tour it. I, I love it. I love Chick-fil-A. I love DeBoer's chicken. If we go out to eat somewhere, I'm always getting chicken tenders or some type of chicken. Chicken is a part of my life. Um, we even actually had a little game this week uh, to spark some creativity, and we had to paint something out. And I'm not going to tell you who, well, actually, I'm going to tell you who. Justin was slid a piece of paper, and he had to draw this specific thing. And this is what Justin drew. Okay, this is what Justin drew. And we had to guess, the other people had to guess what Justin drew. And people guessed that this is Matt eating chicken. And they were right. That's what was on Justin's paper that he had to draw Matt eating chicken. Last I checked, I did have legs and I wasn't as yellow. And what's the deal with the hair? Oh my gosh. So if that's how you guys view me, I'm going to change my wardrobe or something has to change. But I love chicken. I choose chicken in my life. And if you know me at all, that would not be surprising. You would be like, yes, Matt chooses a chicken probably a bit too much. He's probably made of chicken more than anything else right now. But that, that wouldn't be a surprise to you. Now, on the other end, if I would tell you that I choose kale, those of you who don't know me all that well would think, okay, maybe. I, I don't know all that, Matt all that well. I haven't seen him eat kale before, but maybe he does. Maybe he eats kale in secret. We don't know what he does in his, his spare time. But for those of you who know me and know what I do and know what I eat, would be like, that is definitely a lie. I've never seen you eat kale. Uh, you do not like to eat healthy, let alone eating salads and all of those types. Of, you, you just don't eat kale. Why? Why would you choose kale? We've never seen you do anything in your life that would tell us that you would choose kale. Even, even the kale chips, the kind that they like fry and actually salt and make good, I don't even like those. Like, so people would think, okay, you saying you choose kale doesn't actually make sense. And if you think about it, it doesn't actually mean anything because we know you don't live that kind of a life. You don't, the things you do don't support the choice that you're saying you're making. Now, um, when you choose to do something, right? If I choose to eat chicken, if I choose to eat kale, when you choose something, it, it says something, right? You are saying that. But what is the difference in there is when your life is actually saying the same thing back, right? If we're not just speaking it, that our actions are actually saying that exact same thing. Our actions are solidifying the words that we're speaking. There's a difference between saying something and living that same thing out. Um, and Thinking back to that, that proverb and thinking about choosing his instructions and choosing and looking for his knowledge and wisdom, I, the question that I have is, am I actually choosing those things? Right, when I think about chicken, I, I can make a, a good argument for reasons that I choose chicken. But when I read this, this proverbs about choosing God's wisdom and his instructions, 
Am I doing those things? And I think that is a question that we should all be asking. Are we actually choosing to have that relationship to Jesus Christ, to have that relationship with God? Um, And I think that is a question we should all be asking, and this is why. Uh, Because in Matthew 7, verse 21, Jesus speaks, um, speaks a word to some people, and it's, it's, there's a lot of truth in it. There's a lot of hard stuff that comes out of it, but I think we need to hear these things loud and clear today. It says this out of Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, which catch that word, many, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. See, those are hard words to hear from Jesus. And it really makes me question about the choice that I'm making. Am I saying that I choose Jesus Christ like I, I've said chicken and kale, right? Am I, am I choosing those things or am I just saying those things? See, there's more words that come a few verses before that in Matthew as well that Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the gate that leads to destruction. And many enter through that. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. See, those are, those are really some terrifying words from Jesus. And they raise a lot of questions in me. Well, th- one of those questions is, well, what does it mean for someone to know Jesus? Like to say, we read that they said, Lord, Lord, they, they know who Jesus is, but yet Jesus didn't know them. It makes me question how my choices in my life, are they, are they pointing to Jesus Christ? Or is Jesus, when I get up to heaven, is he going to say, I don't know you? Are those words about being an evildoer going to come back at me too? See, it raises these questions in my mind. And it, there was actually another scripture that I was pointed to. And I want to take a quick step back out of that because if you're reading through scripture, we point to scripture a lot here at the Foundry. We love pointing you and getting you deeper into the word of God. And if you're reading through stuff and you have questions that are big like this, that, you, that raise some red flags in you, what, what I've done, um, what Eric and Erica do together, what we do as a team is we answer questions from the Bible with the Bible, Right? Scripture always points to Scripture. There's ways that we can look at Scripture and how it answers some different things. So if you're ever wondering, how, how does he come up with these answers for this? Just look back into Scripture. Look back at where Jesus would be speaking truth from those things. So we're going to do that now. In a different book, two books after, no, three books after, the book of Matthew comes a book named Luke. Um, and in Luke 9, Jesus answers one of those questions. And at this time, Jesus, people are starting to figure out who Jesus is. One of the disciples has already claimed that he is the Messiah. They are starting to know Jesus, Jesus is more than just a prophet. He's more than just a teacher. He is the son of God. He's the Messiah. And Jesus starts to get to the point where he, he realizes that his death is going to be coming. 
He's going to be turned over. And his disciples need to know what's next. What life is going to be like without Jesus there and what they're going to face if they choose to follow his teachings, if they choose to bring his teaching to the ends of the world. And this is the words that Jesus says to his disciples um, as all of that is going on. Out of verse 23 from Luke 9. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life, whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and the glory of his Father and of the holy angels. See, in this moment and in the moments to come, as Jesus gets closer and closer to his death, the disciples get to make this choice. They get to make the choice of, am I going to follow Jesus? Uh, Because Jesus makes it very clear what the results are going to be, what this life of following Jesus would look like. He said it would take it would literally take taking up your cross daily. Um, and even though those words don't maybe bring images into our minds so much, it would for the disciples. See, because when they heard take up your cross, they saw that happening in the streets. See, Rome would put criminals on crosses and they would make them walk down the streets with the cross on their back. So when Jesus speaks this language, they'd know if they if they follow the teachings of Jesus, if they choose Jesus, what that could look like for them. See, what I love about Jesus' teachings is that he never sugarcoats anything. He doesn't say, if you, follow, if you follow my teachings and who I am and confess me as your Lord and Savior, things are going to be great. right? Jesus doesn't sugarcoat it. See, often in our lives, I think things are sugarcoated. Right? There's many decisions and choices that we make throughout our life that are made because someone sugarcoats things. I think to an instance, uh, when me and Jillian first got married, uh, we, if you don't know us very well, we're very Dutch. We like to do things on the cheap. Uh, we find deals everywhere. And a deal came up where if we sat through a little seminar thing of people trying to sell stuff, we got a two-night stay somewhere. I'm like, Oh, this is great. A two-night stay for free? Absolutely. We'll go sit through this thing for a few hours and then enjoy two nights somewhere and just have fun. That, that is a great way to get a free vacation. So we go to this seminar thing, and we knew they were going to be selling some stuff, and we agreed in the car we are not going to buy any of this stuff. And we walk in, and they are selling pans. I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't need pans. We have a pan set. I I have no reason to come out of here buying any pans. This is, this is going to be easy for me. And then they cooked chicken on the pans. And it was the best chicken that I've ever tasted. And I looked at Jill and I'm like, we could make chicken like this if we have these pans. This is all it would take. If we have these pans, we could eat this good constantly. We would never need to go out to eat. All the, the salesman there was fantastic. He j- did his job so well because he said all of the great things that would come from having these pants. And I was sold. After eating this chicken, it didn't matter of price. I was going to go home with some of these pants. 
And we realized that it was quite expensive, so we wanted to go with the lowest tier that you could get and still eventually get the other set. Um, and again, it didn't matter the price. I was like, we are getting this because I love chicken, and if we can cook it like this, price doesn't matter to me. Well, we figured out at the end that if you went with the lowest, lowest amount of pans to get into, the, to get into this membership, you could get three pans, and it only cost $450. <laughs> I laugh because I think how naive I was because I'm like, seems fair. You made chicken in a world revolution way. Like this, this needs to come into my house. I'm like, that, that seems right. We can make that happen, I think. It's like, let's just put that on the Discover card and make that, let's bring those pans home. So we did. We signed up for it. And little did that salesman tell me that when I got home, I would strongly regret my decision because as we drove home, we realized $450 for three pans probably doesn't make sense. You can buy a lot of pretty good chicken for $450 before you buy one of those pants. But doesn't that happen in our lives so much where people around us, we live in a life where people sugarcoat things. They don't say all of the negatives that may come from us making a specific choice. But Jesus doesn't do those things. You see, Jesus explains to the disciples very clearly what it would mean to choose him what it would mean to live a life where they are teaching his word, that that life isn't going to be easy. What we find is that Jesus doesn't sugarcoat it. And I want to read these words from Jesus again to the disciples, and I'm going to change some language up a little bit so that we can hear the words to ourselves. Um, Because I know I need to hear these words, and, and I want you to hear these words too in this way. Then he said to you, If you want to be my disciple... You must deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for you to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit your very self? If you are ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of you when you come in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels." Those words get so real when you make them personal. See, I look at my life and I think, am I choosing Jesus? See, what I hope you've realized through this and through the words of Jesus is that choosing Jesus is not choosing the easy road. See, we've we've talked over this series about um, trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Right? What that isn't saying is that when you choose that road, when, when you choose the road of Jesus, it doesn't mean that that path, that even though it may be straight with what God has aligned in your path, it doesn't mean that that straight road is going to be easy. Jesus actually explains through the verses that we've read that it's going to be hard. There are going to be hard moments in our life. You're taking up your cross daily. Like we said, the disciples would know what that meant. And the disciples, um, many of them, after Jesus died, would die themselves. They'd be killed, some of them on a cross. They knew that if they said yes to Jesus, if they chose to live a life for Jesus, what that meant. See, you're taking up your cross daily. It doesn't mean life's going to be easy. 
See, the disciples knew what it would look like. And even though that life may not be around here, we don't see people carrying crosses around here, that doesn't mean that the choice is any less difficult here. See, I think there's other things going on in our world that sometimes it may be harder. And we're actually probably getting to the point where it's going to be harder to choose Jesus. So let's talk about a day. Because there, like we said in the beginning, there's 35,000 different choices that we make during the day. What does choosing Jesus in those things look like? All right, when I wake up, the first thing I do, I often grab my phone. First thing I do, I pop up Facebook or Instagram and I see, I I need to see instantly what has gone on in the world in between midnight and 6 a.m. that I have missed. Right, I need to be aware of those things going on. But I think in my choices, is that choosing Jesus? Am I putting my thoughts right in line with what the world is trying to offer or am I choosing Jesus? In that instance, I would say I'm not choosing Jesus very well. You see, when we think about um, going to work then, right on your way to work, what does it mean when someone, cr- someone cuts in front of you or cuts you off? You have a choice to make. You can either get right up on their bumper and let them know that they've cut you off or what would choosing Jesus look like different than that? Maybe you think, yeah, they, they probably just didn't see me or they're in a rush and I'm not going to let that bother me or ruin my day or I'm not going to get right up on them to bring shame onto them or to their life. See, maybe when you get to work um, for break, people are gossiping, right? And you want to hear about the gospel. You want to hear what's going on in people's life or what people say, are saying about other people. But then you think, nope, I'm going to choose Jesus in this moment and I'm going to just step back and walk away and not participate. Um, I think we often make choices that if we don't do something, we're also making a secondary choice. We may choose to not participate, but by not interrupting and saying, guys, I don't think you should be talking about them like that. We're making the choice to not stand up for people. In the same way, if you go to school, if, you're, if you see people bullying other people and you, you stand back and just watch and don't fight for the guy who's being bullied, you don't stand up for the person who's being bullied, you're making a choice to not stand up for him. You're, you may not be participating, but don't, don't hear that by you making that choice of not participating that you're not maybe allowing it to happen. See, we make, we make more choices. We make choices about what we eat, what we put into our body. For me, putting more kale into my body would probably be a good thing, right? If we're eating, what does it look like to choose Jesus by what we eat and not overeating and eating decent stuff and putting decent things in our body? See, think about after you've had a long day, you get home and your spouse says something that you didn't really like. See, what does it mean to choose Jesus in that moment? You don't know what kind of a day your spouse has had. Maybe they've had a rough day too and they're just tired. What would it look for you to speak something about Jesus into their life in that moment? See, think about at night. This is often for me at the end of the day um, when I feel like I don't choose Jesus well um, is at night when I am just tired. I overeat 
at night. I snack a lot. I turn stuff on Netflix where it's like, is this actually doing anything good for me? When you turn on Netflix, when you turn on Hulu or cable, what types of things are you watching? See, what types of things are we allowing to be said into our ears that maybe, maybe we say some things that make us feel better, that I'm only watching this show because I like the plot, right? It's a good storyline, and I'm into the storyline. So I, I'm not going to do any of those things that they do. I'm not going to use the language they use. It, it may be graphic, but I really like the storyline, or I like the actors in it. What does it mean to choose Jesus in the things that you watch? and the things that you listen to, and the things that you wear, and the decisions that you make throughout your life. See, our life revolves around choices. Every single instance we have is a choice. We can respond in a way. We can choose to do something in a certain way. And one thing, I, I think it is easy to leave here or leave wherever you're at and say, yes, I'm going to choose Jesus now. I'm going to choose to live my life in a different way that people would see that I'm choosing Jesus. And that's great. But what I want to give you is the next step in that. Um, I want to give you maybe, maybe the fruit that's going to come out of you choosing Jesus. And the, I think that fruit comes directly out of 1 Peter 3 verse 15. And it says this, If someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. And what that speaks to is that if we are choosing Jesus, if we're living life in a, a crazy way, if we're, if we're choosing Jesus daily, there are going to be people that come up to us and ask why we're doing those things. Think about the, the day we just walked through. If somebody cuts you off and you kind of just let off the gas a little bit and give them some room to get in, see, what would choosing Jesus look like in that instance? What would that do for them in their life? I think even if you were to stop some people from gossiping at work, right, say, guys, I don't think we should be doing that because that person isn't going to feel uplifted by us doing this. People are going to ask you, why? Why are you acting like that? Why are you doing these things? And if you are choosing a life to live for Jesus, you're going to be asked those questions. And what I want to challenge you with is if you're not being asked why you're living the way you're living, are you asking, are you choosing to live like Jesus? Are you actually choosing? Or are you just living your life saying that you're choosing to do those things? See, we talked about earlier the verse that talks about narrow road, right? That wide and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many are on that. But narrow is the road that leads to heaven. See, does, has your road gotten more narrow lately? See, I think, and I've realized in my life, as I try and choose Jesus more, my road becomes more and more narrow. Right? If you choose Jesus, there are going to be friends that you may lose. There's going to be opportunities that you say no to that will make your road more and more narrow. And I think Jesus' life is a perfect illustration of what that looked like. Because in the beginning, Jesus was a 
I'm sure, like a celebrity in the Jewish age. Everyone was following him around. Two weeks ago when we talked about trust, we talked about crowds had gathered around them and he had to bring them up on a mountain so that he could, he could speak to them. Right? Crowds were gathered everywhere. They were following him. They were talking about him, all the good things he was doing. But as Jesus continued his life, more and more people dropped away. The crowds deserted him when he was turned over. Um, they were actually shouting, crucify him in the end. His disciples started to disappear a bit and hide in the shadows. And in the end, when he was hanging on the cross, his road, the people who were still there to watch him was very narrow. See, when we choose Jesus, our road may be narrow. Our road may be challenging. It may have hard things that we never thought we'd experience. But choosing to live a life for Jesus, I think, is such a rewarding way to live, even if we don't know what hardships may come from it. I think back to the image of striding. At the beginning, we talked about the guy in the airport, right, who looks up at the TV screen and sees where his airline is going to be and the gate he is supposed to go to, and the man strides to get to that location. What would it look like to leave here today, to leave your house in the next few days and decide, I'm going to stride in my decision to choose Jesus I'm not going to look back at my past or what's been haunting me and the baggage I've had before. I'm going to keep my eyes on where I'm supposed to go and I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus and what it means to choose him in all the choices that I make. Remember, church, Jesus never says that is going to be easy. But it will be good. And there will be eternal significance that comes out of the choices that you make. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for the way um, Jesus spoke so much truth into the disciples' lives that relate so clearly to us today. Um, I thank you that he didn't sugarcoat anything, that he was very clear about what our lives would look like if we would choose you. I ask that you give us courage and you give us encouragement to help us when we decide to make that decision to choose you. We understand that life isn't necessarily going to be easy because of those things, but we know it's going to be good because you have designed the path. We know you're the one who made the road and give us, give us the wisdom of that and give us that hope and reminder that you've made the road and we're safe on that road knowing where that road leads. We ask this all in your name we pray. Amen. I don't know if you guys follow the Babylon Bee at all, um, but it's this funny satire that often pokes fun at people. Um, and one, one article caught my eye a few weeks ago, and it says this. The, the title of it says this. American Christian bummed that following Christ may soon actually cost him something. See, when we look and we think about the disciples, they knew that choosing Jesus would cost them something. They knew that what they were talking about was revolutionary to the world that they were living in. But I think about my world, the world that we live in here today. I grew up in West Michigan. It felt like everyone was a Christian. So I was never worried that being a Christian and making Christian choices was going to cost something. That wasn't a worry of mine. But should it be? Should being a Christian cost us something?
Are we choosing Jesus to the extent that it's going to start costing us something? I think as our road narrows, right, as our road narrows, we're going to lose friends because we're going to say no to some things that they aren't okay with anymore. As our road narrows, lean into knowing that the choice that we make for Jesus Christ is eternal. See, our eyes are so focused on this world and what it looks like for us now. But point your eyes to Jesus. Point your eyes to what's next because this life will be here today and gone tomorrow. Choose Jesus. What does that look like for you? Go with this final blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Church, go in peace. Have a great week.